Welcome to the Next Level Human Podcast. As a human, you have a job to do. In fact, you have four jobs. To earn and manage money, to attain and maintain health and fitness, to build and sustain personal relationships, to find meaning and make a difference. None of these jobs are taught in school. And that is what this podcast is designed to do, to educate us all on living our most fulfilled lives through the mastery of these four jobs. I'm your host, Dr. Jade Tita, and I believe we are here living this life for three reasons and three reasons only, to learn, to teach, and to love. In this podcast, I will be learning, teaching, and loving right along with you. Grateful to have your company. Here's to our next level. Welcome to today's show, everyone. Today we're back to nutrition. Uh, we are going to be talking about the metabolic 10 foods. Now, first of all, you might say, well, what is metabolic 10? Metabolic 10 is a system that I have developed several years back and continue to refine that is really the um, quintessential aspect of what I do when it comes to uh, metabolism for body change. So when we talk about what kind of program are you going to use to look good, to lose weight and gain muscle at the same time? Uh, Metabolic 10 is the system. It's built on 10 moves that you can do, 10 uh, exercises or movements, uh, and 10 foods. So the hook of this is, you know, 10 moves, 10 foods, perfect 10 body. Now, marketing uh, versus effectiveness. Ultimately, what the idea behind the metabolic 10 system is when it comes to the nutrition component is this idea that if you look and pay attention to what most people do regularly, they tend to consume the same foods over and over and over again. And so the Metabolic 10 nutrition system is really built on this concept that if we're only going to eat 10 foods, what 10 foods or 10 food categories should that be? And I have found this to be a very simple an effective way to get people to start uh, with their nutrition. The bottom line is, for most of us, if we were to say, hey, you know, those of us who are interested in health and fitness and our friends asked us, what should I do? The truth of the matter is, if this wasn't a person who loved exercise, right, and uh, was really just trying to do the bare minimum, part of what we'd probably say is, look, just start walking and cut out junk food, Right. And metabolic 10, the metabolic 10 system is a lot like this. It just takes it one step further. Once you've got your walking down and you've cut out junk food and you want to take things to the next level, but you don't want to be ruled by nutrition. You don't want to weigh and measure everything. You don't want to be a fanatic. And you're also into exercise. Is there a general way to approach nutrition that is simple to remember? that allows you to be highly efficient and effective and productive uh, with 
body composition change. I want to lose fat and or maintain a lean body composition while also gaining muscle and or at least not losing muscle. What would you want to eat? That's really what this is about, this metabolic 10 nutrition. And it's 10 foods. And it's an expansion of what you've probably heard from me before if you've been listening to my metabolism work for a while. Some people call this when they listen to me, they, they call it the S diet and the metabolic 10 nutrition system, uh, the updated version anyway. There have been several different versions and this is the latest version that we're going to talk about here in this podcast is also known as the S diet because it goes by 10 S's, which make it easy to remember. So let's cover these right up front and then we'll cover each one in detail. So the metabolic 10 nutrition system is soups, salads, scrambles, shakes, smoothies, stir fries, skillets, right? So that is seven different things. And then spices, sours, and then the last one is some of your favorite food, right? Some of your favorite food. And this 10 soups, salads, scrambles, shakes, stir fries, smoothies, skillet meals, spices, sours, and some of your favorite food is a really good way to understand what you should be eating. Now, more specifically, if we're going to get a little bit more nuanced with this, we would say we want low starch, low fat, soups, salads, scrambles, shakes, smoothies, stir fries, skillets, sours, spices, and some of your favorite foods. So I'm going to say this one more time and I'll say it slow in case you're taking notes. The metabolic 10 nutrition system, also known as the S diet, are the following soups, salads, scrambles, shakes, and smoothies, stir fries and skillets, spices, sours, and some of your favorite food. Now, right off the bat, if we just take the soups, salads, scrambles, shakes, stir fries, and skillets, as well as shakes and smoothies, we can make this even easier for you. They're all just versions of salads, aren't they? A soup is a wet salad. A salad is a salad. Skillet meals and stir fries, those are hot salads, right? Smoothies and shakes, these are blended fruit salads in a sense, oftentimes with protein put into them. So really, this is all salads, soup salads, scrambles, shakes, smoothies, stir fries, skillets, a scramble, right? That's an egg salad. So the idea here is, is most of these foods are really just vegetables, low sugar fruits like berries and things like that, and lean protein sources. And in fact, if you were to ask me, Jade, I want to get just in ridiculous shape. I want to lose as much fat as possible and I will be, uh, I'll do whatever you tell me to do. And we're not worried about rebound, weight gain or anything like that. And you ask me what to do, I would say, look, just eat green vegetables and lean protein. In other words, I would tell you, cut out the carbohydrates, 
cut out all the fats. It's a low-carb and low-fat diet with plenty of protein and a ton of fiber and very nutrient-dense. One of the things that I oftentimes like to say is if people ask me, what should I be eating? Well, you want a low-calorie diet that is highly satiating. In other words, suppresses hunger and cravings, right? So it is low-calorie, hunger-suppressing, right? Nutrient-dense, right? Those three things are very, very important and tasty, but not too tasty. That's what this S diet is. It is a low calorie, hunger suppressing, uh, nutrient dense, and a diet that is tasty. You can use these spices, but not so highly palatable that you want to continue eating more and more and more of this. Now, notice what is missing from this as well. I always, oftentimes like to just think, hey, we should focus on what you can have versus what you can't have. But there's not a lot of starches, not a lot of sugars, and not a lot of fats in this, right? So it's low carb, low fat, soups, salads, scrambles, shakes, smoothies, stir fries, skillets, spices, sours, and some of your favorite food. And that's where some of the tasty stuff can kind of come in. But you have to be careful with highly palatable foods because we know in many people, not all, that very tasty foods, foods that mix the combinations of fat, starch, sugar, salt, alcohol, can make people crave more of those foods. Think about a donut and a chicken breast, right? They roughly have the same amount of calories. So let's say we got, you know, uh, eight ounce chicken breast and uh, a, a donut. They're roughly going to be about 200 50 to 300 calories. Now, the idea is if you eat that chicken breast, same amount of calories as a donut, you're probably not going to be able to have another chicken breast. And even if you can, if you ate two chicken breasts like that, you're probably going to be very full. However, you could easily eat two donuts and perhaps you would even eat three, four or five if you were uninhibited, right? We all know that if I have a donut, I'm going to want another donut. But if I have a chicken breast, I'll be hard pressed to want another chicken breast. And I'm certainly not going to be able to eat five chicken breasts at one sitting, whereas I can eat five donuts at one sitting easily for a lot of people because the high sweet fat, salt, sugar, starchy aspect of the donut makes you want more of those foods. So despite the fact that they're the same calories, you end up running into a situation where you eat more of the donut and less of the chicken breast. So when we talk about the metabolic 10 foods, we're really talking about a diet that is tasty enough, but not so tasty that you overeat. Okay, it's time for one of our sponsors. This one is AG1 by Athletic Greens. You guys, this supplement has been one of my favorite supplements uh, to be taking over the last year or so. You've heard about it before if you've listened to this podcast. Many people see this as a greens drink. It is so much more than that because it acts as multiple supplements all at the same time. This thing acts as my multivitamin, my prebiotic, my probiotic. It has adaptogens in it. And of course, it acts as my greens drink. I'm not a person who necessarily loves vegetables, which I know is always funny for people to hear. But this assures that I can get those nice phytonutrients, get that greens drink. Plus, I don't have to take a bunch of other supplements all at the same time. One of the best things about AG1 these things normally, right? We've all had these greens drinks. A lot of times they can taste literally like swamp water. They smell bad. They taste bad. 
One of the things I love about AG1, it has a very neutral flavor. So neutral, in fact, not only do I take it alone at times, sometimes I'll add it into my protein shakes and it changes the flavor very modestly, almost imperceptible. And so I can have my protein drink. I can throw greens in there with it for a very quick meal. AG1 also is a great product because one of the things that Athletic Green does that not a lot of other companies do is they test their product. They test it for heavy metals. They train, they uh, test it for persistent organic pollutants. They test it for other harmful chemicals. They do this through the National Sanitation Foundation, which is an expensive test to run, but it's an important one. And of course, if you're going to spend your hard-earned money on a good product, you want to make sure that there are no toxins, heavy metals, persistent organic pollutants, and things like that in this product. And so AG1 does a fantastic job at that. They also are continually updating this product. They are on their 52nd iteration of this product, in fact. And so they continue to evolve it. It continues to get better. I cannot recommend Athletic Greens AG1 enough. To make it easy for you, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash next level. Again, that's athleticgreens.com backslash next level to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance that is AG1. I hope you will enjoy it. I hope you support AG1 and Athletic Greens because by doing that, you also support the show. All right, everybody, let's get back to the show. So let's go through these metrics, these types of food, these food groups, one by one. Soups, salads, scrambles, shakes, smoothies, stir fry skillets, sour spices, and some of your favorite food. Let's go through these first. Let's start with soups. One other thing we know from the research is that if you want to suppress hunger, what you're going to want to do is have foods that are high in water, high in fiber, and high in protein. And if you want to also suppress hunger with a low calories, what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to have high water foods, high fiber foods, high uh, protein foods without all the fat and the starch. Now, one thing I'll say here for some people who are uh, readers of blogs and readers of books and pay attention to nutrition gurus. Many people get this wrong and they're absolutely wrong. And this is very well documented in the research. And so the fact is, though, many of you are going to believe differently than this. But this is incredibly well studied. To me, there is no argument at all in the research on this. And it is simply uh, just misinformation that people get this wrong. The idea of the most satiating macronutrient, the most satiating hunger suppressant macronutrient is not fat. It is not fat. It is not fat. It is protein. And the research is very conclusive on this. Now, of course, we know research is a tool for averages, not individuals. So certainly there are people out there for whom fat is probably more hunger suppressing than protein. But for most people, protein is the more hunger suppressing nutrient, not to mention fat has over double the calories of an equal amount of protein in grams. Or in calories, right? So, uh, for every, uh, gram of, uh, protein, you've got four calories in that gram of protein. For every gram of fat, you've got nine calories 
So not only is protein more hunger suppressing for the vast majority of people, it is also very low calorie compared to fat and doesn't have perhaps the hedonistic qualities associated with it. The other thing about protein that's very interesting is protein is preferentially used for functional aspects. It is not a food source or a macronutrient that the body likes to utilize for energy. It likes to use it for enzymes and muscle storage and all that kind of stuff. So you have to eat an awful lot of protein uh, before it'll start being stored as fat. Uh, as a matter of fact, research hints that we can have up to 3.3 grams per kilogram. That's over one uh, gram per pound of body weight of protein and still see benefits for our body composition and health. In other words, all these overblown uh, sort of claims that protein is damaging to the kidneys and liver uh, has not been shown. In matter of fact, has been debunked over the last 10 years. The only time protein is bad for liver and kidneys is for people who have damaged liver and kidneys already, which tend to be diabetic people. And that is starch and sugar that is normally causing that issue or the cafeteria diet, which is a combination of fat, starch, sugar, and salt. So when we talk about soups, we're talking about uh, a also a very nutrient-dense uh, delivery system. Because when you cook vegetables in many ways, uh, what will happen is some of the nutrients are water-soluble and will sort of bleed out into the water. And then when you strain them, you lose some of those nutrients. However, soup is very nutrient-dense. And so it's very low calorie. It's very nutrient dense. Salads are also tend to be very low calorie and very nutrient dense. The difference, though, with salads is that for many people, they will add lots of fat in the form of cheeses, in the form of nut and in the forms of, of dressings. And if you want so if you want to make a salad more metabolic 10 friendly, think about we'll cover this later. Sours. Sours. What do sours mean? Well, these are things that are more uh, yogurts, uh, kombucha, fermented foods, and also vinegar-based foods. And so when you do dressings, most dressings that you put on salads are very heavy in oil. And so it's usually like, you know, what, two parts oil, one part vinegar. With salads, you want to begin to reverse that. You want two, three parts vinegar and a small amount of oil. Or you want to have salads that are citrus-based, like lemon and lime dressings and things like this. So in order to make the salad nutrient-dense and low-calorie and hunger-suppressing, just like with the soups, you want to add lean protein on it. You want to avoid all the fats and nuts and things like that. And you want to decrease the amount of oil in the dressings and instead go for vinegar. It's time for one of our sponsors, and this sponsor is a very exciting one and a new one. Timeline Nutrition and their supplement, MitoPure. Now, if I was going to ask you what is the most important aspect of metabolism, the mitochondria would have to be tops on your list. The mitochondria are the little energy-producing factories inside every single one of your cells. They take the end products of the food we eat, they break them down into cellular ATP and provide energy for the entire metabolism. And these mitochondria, if they are healthy and acting appropriately, can keep us looking good, feeling good, living longer, and functioning better. However, when they are not at optimal function, when they are burning energy in a dirty fashion, when they are damaged, 
they actually speed cellular aging. They speed up the aging process. We end up suffering from things like fatigue. We end up having all manner of dysfunctions, including weight loss resistance and other issues around weight loss. The mitochondria are the most important elements for the metabolism to function optimally, lose weight, age appropriately, etc. In this compound, MitoPure, that Timeline Nutrition has developed, there is a product called Urolithin A. Now, Urolithin A is an interesting compound because it is a postbiotic. Now, what does that mean? A postbiotic is a compound that is made from the bacteria in the gut. And so when you eat things like pomegranates, strawberries, walnuts, things with polyphenols like this, they go into the digestive tract, your gut bacteria start working on them and they can create compounds. Urolithin A is one compound that is in the MitoPure product. It comes from, naturally occurs in nature from this bacteria in our gut that break down the polyphenols from primarily foods like pomegranates, strawberries, etc. And it can increase mitophagy in mitochondria. So you might say, well, Jade, what is mitophagy? Mitophagy is the ability for mitochondria to repair and regenerate and recycle their proteins and to stay healthy and functional and de-age. When we can stimulate mitophagy, we can keep our mitochondria functioning efficiently. We can decrease aging. We can increase energy. We can improve our ability to lose weight, function optimally, and stave off diseases of aging. This is what Timeline Nutrition has done with their MitoPure product and the urolithin A that is in it. This is a very exciting area of research. We have not had the ability to support the mitochondria in the way that we do now with this particular product. You definitely are going to want to check this out. I've been taking the product for several months now. It is one of these products that I really, really strongly recommend. To get the product, MitoPure, all you have to do to, is go to TimelineNutrition.com backslash next level. TimelineNutrition.com backslash next level. And let's get back to the show. Now, one of the things that will trip people up is their biases. So people go, but what about fat and what about starch? Well, first of all, there's nothing wrong with fat and starch. In fact, these are very healthy foods. However, if you have weight to lose, which is what we're talking about with the metabolic 10 system, fat loss, you want to maintain your calories low. To do that while having hunger suppression, you don't necessarily want to be adding lots of fat and starch. And so this is a very simple way to do this. And it also is in alignment with probably the greatest nutrition study that's ever been done over the last 30, 40 years, which is in the community of bodybuilders. Of course, it's not an official study, but the leanest people on earth are bodybuilders. How do bodybuilders eat? They don't eat high fat diets. They also don't eat higher starch diets. They tend to eat higher protein diets. So they tend to follow the metabolic 10 system while adding in a little bit of starch, typically not even fat. Their diets tend to be a little bit more starch heavy than fat heavy. They tend to be lower fat, very high protein diets with some starch to drive the exercise that they do. But for most people who aren't doing a ton of exercise, you don't need all that extra starch. You don't need all that extra fat. 
And so certainly can keto diets work and other high fat diets work if you're cutting out all carbohydrates? Yes. But if we want to maximize the nutrient density, maximize the hunger suppression, maximize the calorie reduction, and also not have something that is so palatable that we overeat, then the soup, salad, scramble, shakes, smoothies, stir fries, skillets, sours, and uh, some of your favorite food along with spices is probably a better way to do this. So we've covered soups and salads. What about scrambles? Scrambles are fantastic. Now, again, here, if you're really trying to get lean, you're like, Jade, I really, really want to get lean. Then one of the things that you can do, and again, yolks in the eggs are one of the healthiest foods on the planet. We're not talking about health here now. We're talking about this idea of keeping fat low. This is one of the reasons why bodybuilders will oftentimes use lots of egg whites with only a few yolks. So in other words, if you're going to eat six eggs, why not have four of those eggs as egg whites and two of those as yolks, right? This is one way that you can do this. Now, again, no one's saying anything about the health benefits of yolks. They're incredibly healthy. The idea here is, is that we're basically trying to maximize low calorie, maximize hunger suppression, maximize nutrient density, and make the meals tasty, but uh, not so tasty that you overeat. And so in this regard, scrambles, what you want is instead of putting bunches of cheeses and fats into the eggs, instead you put some of the, take some of the fat out of the eggs and add a bunch of fiber, like kale, like Brussels sprouts, like spinach, like arugula, like greens that you mix into your spinach, peppers, onions, these kinds of things, things that have fiber, things that have water, things that have nutrients, things that are very low calorie. That's very different than adding yolks and cheese and things like that into these eggs, isn't it? So you're essentially making what used to be called a heart healthy diet. Now, our heart healthy, uh, you know, egg meal. Now, we now know that saturated fat and all of this kind of stuff is overblown for the risk of heart disease. We're simply talking body composition here. So the idea with a scramble is basically take all these vegetables that you would normally have in this soup or this salad and then scramble it up with eggs, which have a little less yolk in them. This is what we mean by scrambles, taking out a lot of the fats in the form of cheeses and things like that. And you don't need as many yolks. Certainly, if you're someone who's lean and can tolerate those things, great. But if you're someone who's overweight, which is who I'm talking to, or someone is really trying to get lean, the metabolic tense system looks at it this way. So now we've covered soups. We've covered salads. We've covered scrambles. Let's cover stir fries and skillet meals because they're kind of the same, right? This is the same thing. What you're going to do is you're going to add lots and lots of vegetables in there. Think about a fajita when you go to a Mexican place. Ton of onions, you know, a uh, ton of green peppers and yellow peppers and red peppers and things like this. And you essentially, uh, you know, grill this up on a cast iron skillet and you throw chicken, steak or fish in there. These lean protein sources. And so you basically put in some of these really nice vegetables that roast well. Broccoli roasts well. Cauliflower roasts well. Um, you know, Brussels sprouts roast well, peppers, uh, onion, these kinds of things, carrots, right? These kinds of things can do really well. What you're avoiding in this is you're avoiding the rice, 
and you're avoiding the beans and you're avoiding the tortillas, right? So if you wanted to do this meal, you could go to any place, eat out and do this meal, right? Just simply just say, hey, I'll have the, faj the fajitas. I want extra vegetables, extra onion and pepper, extra chicken. Don't bring me the rice. Don't bring me the tortillas, right? Bring me some extra salsa. Leave off the guacamole. Leave off the cheese. And you've got a skillet meal. And you could do this any place. You can even go to a burger joint, right? And say, hey, give me the burger. Give me extra lettuce, extra pickle, extra tomato, you know, extra onion. And I don't want it on a bun, right? And you got essentially a skillet meal right there as well. So you could do this with soup, salads, and scrambles, and skillet meals, and stir fries. Now, what about smoothies? The best way to do smoothies is a low-calorie mixer. Something like an almond milk, 40 calories, 45 calories in eight ounces. Add in some whey protein, a very low calorie hunger suppressing protein. And then add in some low sugar fruits, blackberries, raspberries, blueberries, strawberries. Berries are incredible here. Some others that can work that are relatively low calorie, but they don't typically do well in smoothies are things like apples and pears. Certainly the citrus fruits limes and lemons and things like that can do really well as well. But typically when we talk about shakes and smoothies, it's going to be water or a low calorie beverage like an, an almond milk or something like that. You're not going to put heavy full calorie milk in there with all the fat. You know, maybe you'll, if you really like milk, you'll use skim milk or something like that. You're going to put in one or two scoops of whey protein. Then you're going to add in some of these low uh, sugar very nutrient dense, especially in those phytonutrients and bioflavonoids, berries and things like that. And that covers our shakes and our smoothies. One of the things I'll say here about fruit, many people think fruit is fattening, but even the, the high sugar fruits are loaded with fiber and loaded with water. This is why they fill you up and you're going to be hard pressed to find someone who's ever getting fat on fruit. The only way that you're going to get fat on fruit is that when you're not eating fruit, you're free basing burgers and pizzas and things like that. The idea here is if, if the fruit in this particular diet is where you get your sweets, this is where you get sort of that palatable, tasty sort of effect, but not so tasty that you overeat like crazy. If you're really trying to get lean, then you're going to be in a position where you use berries and very low sugar fruits, right? So now we've got the soups, we've got the salads, we've got the scrambles, we've got the shakes and the smoothie, smoothies, we've got the skillets, we've got the stir fries. Now let's cover spices. Now, when most people try to make their food more tasty, what they're doing is they're adding some combination of salt, sugar, fat, right? And uh, starch and alcohol. Now, with the spices, what we're doing is we're using low calorie condiments, things like mustard, hot sauces, things like that. And we're using all of the spices, onion powder, curcumin or turmeric. Uh, we're using a garlic powder. We're using salt and pepper. We're using dill, right? We're using, uh, you know, fenugreek. We're using, uh, all of these different cumin and all these different types of spices and using them to bring the flavor on. And you might say, well, Jay, what about salt? Well, salt, it is a great thing to use and is very healthy for people and can be and should be incorporated in this diet, liberally even, so long as it's not being combined with fat, sugar, starch type of thing. 
right? So having a salty steak is very different than having a salty French fry that is starch and fat and salt. That French fry is going to make you want to eat more and more and more and more of it. And so when we think about spices, think low calorie condiments. These are going to be things like salsa, things like hot sauces, things like um, low sugar ketchup, things like mustard, right? It's not going to include things like sour cream and things like mayonnaise and things like that. It's also going to include all of the other spices, pepper, salt, garlic powder, onion powder, et cetera, et cetera. So we want to make liberal use of these spices. And those people who can cook, I'm not one of them, but you can make your food incredibly tasty. And one of the things about the, the spices is that they are incredibly tasty and can really get our food tasting good, but they don't seem to have the same palatable hedonistic effect of when they are added to high fat foods, right? And you can even think about this when you go and eat. I don't know how many of you have eaten like traditional Indian foods or traditional Thai foods and things like that. When they're more Americanized, they're heavy, heavier in fat and you eat a whole lot more of them. But when they're more traditional, you know, something like a chicken vindaloo or something like that, uh, what happens is you don't, you can't, it's delicious food, but you don't eat as much of it. Whereas you might with something like chicken magni or butter chicken, which is more of an Americanized Indian dish. And so just keep this in mind, liberal use of spices without the, uh, you know, sort of sugar, fat, starch, alcohol combo into that. So that covers the spices. So we're in our second to the last S now, which is sours. And these are important because these foods can be very, very potent for the metabolism because of what they can do for the gut. These are going to be things like kombucha, right? These are going to be things like uh, yogurts. These are going to be those sour fermented foods, sauerkraut, uh, you know, pickles, all these kind of pickled vegetables, really good for this kind of stuff. Pickled beets, uh, you know, pickle, you know, pickled cucumbers, um, pickled peppers, all of these kinds of things, these sour based foods. Uh, not to mention vinegars, apple cider vinegar, balsamic vinegar, red wine vinegar, etc., which you will be using for your dressings, vinegar based dressings. And then, of course, citrus things, these sours like lemon juice and lime juice and all of these kinds of things. So when you learn to cook with this kind of stuff, you begin to be able to have very tasty foods, very healthy foods very gut-friendly foods that are doing really well by your metabolism. And then the final rule here is the tricky one. This is some of your favorite foods. What do I mean by some? This is where it can get tricky because you might say, well, I'm going to go ahead and just have little bits of 10 different foods I love. It works far better when you choose one food at a time. And it also works far better when it is a buffer food rather than a trigger food. For example, uh, trigger foods are foods that make you want to eat more. Let's take wine, for example. That might be a food you love. For some people, that's a trigger food. They have wine and they drink more wine and then they eat more food. Some people drink wine and it acts as a buffer food. It makes them eat less. You know, right? If you're someone who has a glass of wine with dinner, but it's like a soup, salad, scramble, shake, stir fry, you know, a skillet meal dinner, 
And the little bit of wine helps you feel satisfied and doesn't cause you to overeat. You don't eat it, you know, two glasses of wine, then that wine works. However, if having that wine makes you want dessert and makes you want all the starches and all the fats, that wine may not work. Dark chocolate works for some. It's a buffer food for others. It's a trigger food. Most foods that are mixtures of the ones we talked about, mixtures of sugar, salt, starch, alcohol, and fat are going to be trigger foods. So very few people are going to get away with having some of their favorite food being a pizza or some of their favorite food being a burger. But some people can. And you may want to just say, hey, I'm going to have, you know, some pizza on the weekend. I've been eating the 10S diet, the metabolic 10 food system all week long. And I'm going to have some of my favorite food, pizza. Right. And you, that may work perfectly for you. As a matter of fact, many bodybuilders do this as well with the introduction of cheat meals. The idea is, though, sometimes a cheat meal can turn into a cheat week or a cheat month. We all know how that can work. And that's because when people choose their cheat meals, they're choosing trigger foods rather than buffer foods. So choose a food that you love that is also a buffer that you won't overeat it. Some of your favorite food. And what I suggest is you choose one thing. Until that gets old and then you choose another thing. So, for example, for me, I really like wine uh, when I'm eating very clean. Otherwise, wine doesn't cause me to overeat. It can be very enjoyable for me and helps me eat generally better and healthier by having a glass of wine with dinner. Now, I'll stick with wine and have that maybe three nights a week with my dinner until wine starts getting old. And then I'll just say, okay, now I'm not going to have wine anymore. Now I'm going to move to, let's say, uh, dark chocolate or heavy cream for me is one of the things that I really love having heavy cream in my coffee or having dumping heavy cream over like some blueberries or something like that. And I'm choosing these foods for me because they are buffer foods. Also foods like protein bars, which aren't the healthiest things in the world, but they act as a buffer for me. And I really enjoy certain of them. Protein pancakes are another one. All of these kinds of things. Some of your favorite food. Now, if you are someone who can do like a burrito or a taco or any of these foods that are combinations of salt, sugar, starch, fat, alcohol, and not have it turn you into a triggering event where you're overeating after that, then by all means include those. So you might say, well, Jade, how often? Well, it's best once per week. But it's up to you. For me, I know I can get away with some of my favorite food up to four times per week um, when I'm doing everything else right. And so the Metabolic 10 Nutrition System consists of this 10S diet. Soup, salad, scrambles, shakes, smoothies, stir fries, skillets, sours, spices, and some of your favorite foods. And this is going to be a very easy way for you to live a healthy lifestyle to burn fat and also have nutrition that is nutrient dense, hunger suppressing, very tasty, but not so tasty. You eat more of it and helps you effortlessly achieve a low calorie diet. And when you combine that with the metabolic 10 uh, system of exercise, it is incredibly uh, beneficial for weight loss. And actually, uh, what I'll do real quick, I'm just going to look and make sure I have the right one here. But if you're interested in trying at least some of the metabolic 10, uh, some of the metabolic 10 workouts, what you can do is you can go to uh, DR Jade. 
drjade.com slash metabolic number 10 free drjade.com slash metabolic one zero free and that will get you to a page that will allow you to try some of the metabolic 10 workouts and i think it gives you six or so of these workouts uh maybe a little bit more start following this 10s metabolic 10 nutrition system with these workouts and you will have an incredible fun time and also be able to see how effective the metabolic 10 system of nutrition along with exercise is for easy fat loss. And we're going to leave it there for today. I appreciate all of you. Thank you so much for hanging out on the show. And I will see you at the next show. Thanks so much, everybody. You have been listening to the Next Level Human podcast with Dr. Jade Tita. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure you subscribe and consider leaving a review. You make the biggest difference when you pass on your lessons and inspire others. That's why reviews like this are so powerful. Your words may be the only ones that resonate for someone else. Please remember the information in this podcast is for educational purposes only. Always consult your personal physician or therapist before making any lifestyle changes. And finally, thank you for who you are in the world and the difference you make.